The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. The number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs, and we appreciate you listening to us. This week, I'm bringing you the show from the fabulous Intercontinental Hotel in Sao Paulo in Brazil, where I'm here working with an amazing new disruptive insurance company called Kisaguro. It's really interesting, um, after working in the States and in uh, Germany and England, to come to an emerging economy like Brazil. It's certainly a different way of doing business. I've just come from a, a meeting where we're trying to acquire an existing legacy company here in Brazil, and it's, um, it's really quite different, quite a shock when you, you look at how business is done, but I'm sure it will change very quickly. This is now the seventh time that um, we brought you the Bob Pritchard radio show from somewhere other than my hometown of Los Angeles with Brazil joining all sorts of places like Switzerland, Australia, England, Hong Kong. We broadcast from all over the place. Now, we're in our fourth year of broadcasting the show, and if you missed any of the shows over those years, just go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and you'll find all of the shows for the last four years, plus about 180 interviews with some of the top movers and shakers and entertainers on the planet. It's an amazing resource of information for any entrepreneur and, uh, in fact, anyone in business. I've worked with literally hundreds of startups and major corporations in the last <clears throat> X number of years, and uh, this experience has taught me a lot of lessons that I now have the privilege of passing on to you. So before we get into that, I just want to say a big warm thank you and hello to all my listeners here in Brazil. We all hear about wearables, haven't we? We've, we've all tried the Google Glasses and we've been told that wearables are going to be this massive growth industry, but it never seems to happen. You know, three years ago, we were told that everybody was going to be wearing Google Glass. Didn't happen. And they don't take off because wearables face unique obstacles that um, will lead them to have less of an immediate impact compared with, say, tablets and smartphones and things like that. Now, most of the devices need to contact with a smartphone or a tablet or they can't function. So, um, and they also suffer from a perception problem. Consumers still don't really understand how a wearable could benefit them. Um, that's one reason, but there are a lot of others too. Firstly, you have a look at the watches. 
God, they're all clunky. They're certainly not stylish. There's a lack of functionality. They're tiny little screens. You know, it makes it very difficult. We, we had smartphones, and then we got sick of those because the screens weren't big enough. So then we, got, um, we went into tablets because that was great because now we had big screens, and then phones got bigger and bigger screens. And um, now we're coming back to these tiny little screens on wearables. But um, the smartwatch actually is probably going to change all that. It certainly looks like it's going to lead the um, wearables charge. It's estimated the global wearable market will grow at a compound rate of 35% over the next five years, with 148 million units shipped annually in 2019. There's only 33 million shipped this year. So it's going to be the uh, smartwatches will account for probably 60% of the total wearable devices. And it's the Apple Watch that will kickstart growth. I think with the, uh, the new Apple Watch, will be 40% of all smartwatch sh- uh, shipments um, in 2015, a lot of people, you see a lot of people with fitness bands um, and some people with eyewear, but they're really niche industry uh, markets because, um, you know, how many people really are out there that concerned about getting fit? You walk down the street, I'm walking down the street in, in um, down um, Polini Avenue here in um, Sao Paulo yesterday and uh, there's bloody hundreds of millions of people and you see the odd jogger with a, um, a wearable fitness device. But now that uh, both Apple and Google are in the smartwatch market, they'll continue to dominate much as they have with um, smartphones and tablets. So we can look forward to lots of Apple Watches and Android devices. Not, I'm not really sure how they're going to get over the small screen size and the fact that they're ugly. You know, we they're clunky, they've got limited battery life, there's not a killer app that's going to drive their adoption. So I don't know. Now, the rumour mills are at it again, and they're saying that Apple's recently re, uh, released iPad Mini 3 came out only a few weeks ago, maybe the end of it. Um, Chinese news outlet UDN is reporting that Apple will stop making the new iPad mini models once it releases its 12-inch iPad. So um, Apple's going to focus on its 5.5-inch iPhone 6 Plus and the larger 12-inch iPad rather than the iPad mini. So, you know, I must admit I'm a bit sceptical about this rumour because although iPad sales fell below what they were predicting um, for Q3 2014, the iPad mini is still unbelievably popular. And iPads, um, Apple's also rumoured to um, be adding a new screen size to the iPad family next year with a 13-inch screen. Uh, that's a pretty good size. So, um, okay, let's get down to the real news of the week. I'm sure that you all want to know the real reason why the hottest musical act in the world pulled all her songs from Spotify. Earlier today, Spotify announced that Taylor Swift had pulled all of her albums off its music on demand service. 
So how the hell could Spotify let the hottest act in the world take all its albums off their service? I mean, how can that happen? But the story is, and I've got to tell you, it's only a rumour at the minute, that Scotch Bochetta, the uh, president and CEO of Taylor Swift's record label, which incidentally Taylor Swift and her family have got a big chunk of shares in called the Big Machine Label Group, is trying to sell the label for 200 million bucks. So Bochetta apparently doesn't think that the number of Swift songs, the number of songs that they have on Spotify will move the needle and that pulling Swift's music off Spotify will create a scarcity online and drive CD sales and paid downloads. Well, that may well be right because Swift's new record will sell 1.3 million copies during its opening weekend. So at a time when nobody's buying albums, at a time when everything's downloaded one song at a time, Swift moves 1.3 million copies of them in two days. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's, that's as good as any. But Taylor Swift is the hottest act on the planet by a country mile. And uh, 1.3 million makes it the biggest opening weekend album sales since the year before iTunes Music even existed. And at $10 a pop, She's taken $13 million in revenue in two days and she's probably recorded it on an iPad. <laughs> no more $2 million for a recording session in the studio. So if you type Taylor Swift MP3 into Google, you can get her entire catalogue. So maybe um, Scott's pretty close. Universal Music Group, which distributes Swift's music for the big machine. Apparently, they tried really hard to convince Borchetta that his thinking is very old-fashioned and that pulling Swift's music off Spotify is very short-sighted. Now, 25% of Spotify listeners have streamed her songs. So 25% of all listeners to Spotify have downloaded Taylor Swift songs. And the songs are on 20 million playlists on the web. <laughs> Jeez. The source says that most artists are not able to do what Swift did today and simply pull their music off Spotify. The uh, only reason this happened was that Big Machine's got a special deal with Universal Music Group. Anyway... The source that we have didn't say whether Swift herself stood where she stood on the Spotify issue because her family's a part owner of Big Machine. So she's probably extremely happy to um, help increase its value, make her songs more rare, drive album sales. I think uh, Taylor Swift's come out of this <laughs> extremely well. Oops, is this the start of something big? Is it at the beginning? Last week, Google reported much slower than expected revenue growth during the third quarter, while, as you know, every other tech giant was declaring record profits. Investors pushed the company with a stock sell-off, and now Google shares are trading at $100 a share almost 
below their year high. So Google shares are down a hundred bucks a share. So it looks like Google's problem is that it's big business, it's search advertising, slowed down to a crawl. So people are not clicking on Google search ads as much as everybody thought that they would. Now, there's three reasons for this. The first reason is that Google search is the best money-making business on the web. But the web is slowly becoming irrelevant thanks to mobile. And as you know, mobile users surpassed desktop users this year, and that's going to continue to accelerate. And increasingly, mobile users prefer to connect with the internet via apps rather than the mobile web. So we can probably assume that the world's moving away from desktop computers. As this happens, web usage is growing more slowly, and as web growth slows, Google search slows, and so do clicks on the search ads. So that's one reason. The second reason is that um, people are more comfortable going straight to Amazon to search for their products to buy. Google executives readily admit that the company's keeping them up at night wasn't Facebook, and it wasn't Microsoft, they're not worried about Facebook and Microsoft, they are worried about Amazon. Now, Google's a search company, but most of the searches that it actually makes money from are the searches people do before they're about to buy something. So these commercial searches make up about 20% of Google's total searches. So those searches are where the ads are. There's also a growing trend among consumers to skip Google altogether and just go straight to Amazon or on mobile to an Amazon map. The third reason is that Google's way behind in the best money-making business on mobile, monetizing streams. So Facebook generated 1.8 billion in mobile ad revenues during the second quarter. Twitter generated 255 million in mobile revenues during the quarter. So Google is way, way behind. And Google also sells mobile ads, but it doesn't own a stream to sell ads against. So meanwhile, Facebook and Twitter keep adding more streams, buying more stuff that they're selling ads against. You know, Facebook bought Instagram. What else did they buy? They bought um, WhatsApp. Twitter bought Vine. So Facebook and Twitter are... Um, both taking what they've learned about putting ads in their own streams to help other app makers sell ads and, of course, taking a cut of it on the way past. You know, Google used to make a bunch of money selling ads against its own content, search results, and then it took those ad selling techniques and spread them all over the web to great profit. So maybe Google's growth slowing because it's not doing the same things in mobile. Well, Facebook and Twitter are. So watch Google. It's going to be very interesting. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. We're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, it doesn't matter what it is, or if you've got somebody that you want me to interview, please don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we'll answer it on air or email you directly. We get too many emails to talk to everybody on air, but... Um, Get those emails to us and we'll answer them privately if we don't answer them on um, on the air. Now, make sure you subscribe to my monthly newsletter. It's sent out every month to over 16,000 business executives in over 60 countries. So get online to, bob, to bobpritchard.com and sign up now. 
So you're, you're listening to Voice America Business, and I'm going to be back in a moment with my guest today, Wan G. And he's used his business skills to build an entertainment, fashion, and branding powerhouse called Real Sauvage. He's had a number of singles and albums on Billboard charts, including Nothing Wrong, which stayed on the charts for 12 weeks, and reached number two on Billboard Hot Rap, Hot Rap Singles. And as is the mark of a true superstar, One G's launched a stay-at-school tour, performing and speaking to students in over 300 schools across the United States. That's what being an entrepreneur is about. It's about giving back. And I'll be back with my friend Wong G in just a moment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to entrepreneurs, people that have created a new product or a new service. They've experienced the highs and the lows, the joys, those bloody frustrations and the disappointments and all the rejections that come with being an entrepreneur. Today, we're fortunate to speak with a guy who is a real entrepreneur in the entertainment business. He's a hugely successful recording artist, selling over two million albums, but what is extraordinary is that he's done it through his own network of distribution without major label support or national distribution. Wan G has used his business skills to build an entertainment, fashion and branding powerhouse called Real Sauvage. He's achieved this success through having a very clear vision of what he wants to achieve, he works bloody hard, and he has great ethics. Juan has had several singles and albums on the Billboard charts, with Nothing's Wrong staying for 12 weeks on the Billboard hip-hop singles sales and reaching number two on Billboard's hop, hot rap singles. He's created tremendous music videos with Caught Up with in the Rapture, topping the charts over people like Britney Spears, Eminem, <laughs> Usher, Beyonce, an outcast. He's appeared on every 
almost every television network and made his film debut in Scary Movie Hack. So, he's one hell of an accomplished artist. But today, the mark of a true superstar is someone who gives back to the community. Now, Wanji launched a stay-in-school tour performing and speaking to students in over 300 schools across the United mm-hmm. States. He lends his support to a host of children's causes, including being the international ambassador for autism. He also led a non-profit group of doctors into Haiti following that dreadful, devastating earthquake. So I'm really confident that we've got a lot of entrepreneurs listening who can learn a lot from Juan. He's a real dynamo. And he's a great guy. Hi, Juan. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hello, Bob. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be on the radio show. Thank you for such a uh, welcoming introduction. I'm, I'm happy to join you today. Well, mate, you've earned it. Now, you've had such a great diversified career, but I guess it all stemmed from when you started in the, in the music industry as, as an independent. Um, tell us a bit about what it was like without a label, without having that label and all the muscle that goes with a label. Uh, well, well, Bob, it was it was it was definitely a different time because at that time, not only taking an independent stance where I wanted to, you know, build my own career, mm-hmm. develop my own career, and distribute my own career, we didn't have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and iTunes. We didn't have you know, then the digital services that are provided to entrepreneurs today. Yeah. So I was really doing it at a time where we didn't really have those, we didn't have access to any of those platforms, but it was, it was definitely difficult, I must say, but I had a thriving passion to want to be a part of the music industry and I wanted to sell product through, but I needed to find a creative way of doing so. And the, the way I chose was direct marketing and network marketing at the time. There weren't really any artists um, selling music direct. Yeah. It was primarily happening through retail stores. So if you weren't, if you were not signed to a major label such as a Sony Universal, Warner Brothers, or EMI, sure. um, your, your product never made it to the store. And I was a bit frustrated by that because in order to get into those systems, there was so much politics. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to, 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 to find yourself with a major. So what I did is I decided to take an entrepreneurial route, which was a very risky one, right. but I felt that I could go out and create my own my own fan base, my own sales initiatives, and I can go out there and I can create success. Did you have any um, any formal training in any of those things, or did you just had a innate ability to be able to go out and do it? I had no formal training. I just I just knew that I was passionate. I wanted to um, end up somewhere. I knew not doing anything about my career, not doing anything with my talent, it would just you know it would evaporate. You know, nothing would happen. So I decided the only way to go out was tell my story. You know, the you know people word of mouth is still the most powerful, Absolutely. I believe, tool to getting a word out there. So I I just used the old method of word of mouth and said that I'm going to go out there. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to go door to door and I'm going to tell people my story and play my music and hopefully they'll listen. Yeah. Word of mouth is still the most powerful tool in any business. It doesn't matter what business you're in. 
It is the most powerful tool for staying in business. You're described as a pioneer of the independent music industry. Um, how did that? How did that label stick? Were you absolutely the first one to go out and and um, go door to door, as it was, or were you just the most successful at it? I was actually the first one. Um, I was actually the first one to, you know, you know, where to, to go door to door and to pioneer that sales initiative and strategy at the time. Um, artists sold if they were artists that were independent, they sold their product at concerts yep. or they were they put they sold their product at local gigs. I decided that since of course at that time I didn't have a popular name, how would I build my own crowd? And that wasn't the people going coming to me, I would have to go to the people. Yeah. So I decided quickly to start selling product door to door in all my neighborhoods and knocking on the door and trying to get someone to listen through a walkman or a CD player what I was writing or creating, and hopefully they would take the time to do that. It was a big risk because at the time, you know, to listen to a song, a song is usually two minutes and 30 seconds or three minutes, so yeah. to have somebody open the door that's a stranger and listen to your music for three minutes might not happen, but I, but I still took the chance. Wow, that, that's a great story. I love that story. Um, going back to Twitter and, and um, Facebook and all the rest of the tools today, does that make it harder for an artist in that there's millions of people and every kid in his, in his bedrooms out there putting out, um, putting out video clips and stuff, or does it actually make it harder to get noticed? I think, I think it's... Well, it, it depends. I think that... If you're any bloody good, I the, suppose. The tools... The, uh, uh, I think, Bob, the tools of... of, of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and so on and so forth, levels the playing field. Yeah. And I think that what it does is it gives you a pipeline to potentially, and YouTube as well, YouTube's a very great, sure. an amazing platform as well. I, I think what it does is it gives you the ability to raise your hand. Now, it depends on what type of content, and it depends on what your initiatives are. But for me, I believe that it's easier today. It makes the market less competitive because... I think that if you're able to have some type of unique form or you have something unique, yeah. you will you will raise your hand out of 100 or 300 or 500 million people on a service. You're, you have to be unique somehow. Yeah. So I think that if you're, if you're just someone who's just singing along and singing everybody else's songs, but you really have no real voice, I don't think much people are going to pay attention. So you got I a think, different... Uh, yeah, it all Bob. It all bases back down to talent. At the end of the day, that talent still sets fast with the human being. So when we talk about word of mouth, if something's good, people will let you know it's good. Yeah, I've I've always said that entertainment because it's so competitive. It's the one industry where uh, the cream rises to the top. You can't get away with being successful for a long period of time unless you're really talented. You know, so many people say it's all gimmicks or it's all whatever, but um, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to talent. So you've built a great brand and a fashion powerhouse in Real Savage. Uh, where would you like to take that company? Where do you see it being in five years or ten years' time? Well, hopefully in, in ten years' of time, we really feel like we should be a two hundred, a two to three hundred million dollar company. Um, with you know, with our products and services, uh, you know, we're a services company. Even though I'm my primary is I'm a recording artist, but yeah. we really built 
an entertainment company that's going to foster other artists and develop other artists. Right. Um, you know, our models are 360 models, so it's, it's it's all the traditional means of the existing music business, which are records and stores or digital, but our 360 model leverages publishing, licensing, touring, content management, endorsements, corporate sponsorships, and so on and so forth, and merchandise, so touring merchandise, uh, branded deals. So what we do is we try to diversify, and I think that the model that the, the music side is building is to create partnerships with talent, but finding people who are truly talented, not only at their performing arts, but artists that are articulate, they have a political view, they have something to say, uh, they know who they are. So it's important that we also, you know, we look to sign people who are much more, or talent that's much more Brilliant. than a studio or having a great song. Yeah. Um, and, and so Real, Real Savage Entertainment is looking to really... Um, you know, give artists a break and give them the ability to become entrepreneurial and then, and, and also diversify their talent. Our, regarding the fashion side, uh, Savage Fashion is a great company that was formed in 2011. Um, the, the company has great potential. We, we're all made in the USA products. We believe in fashion. We believe in quality fashion at the right, at the right price point. Right. Um, so Savage Fashion is a growing company as well. We have great management at that company. We have about nine people managing that business. We look to that business will be a hundred to two hundred million dollar business in the next five years. Um, we got some great projections, great business plans, great partners, great management. Right. Um, but again, it's really looking at that business being a services business as well. I knew that just being a recording artist, continuing to sell myself, there would be limitations. But if I got involved and build a company that could foster other talents, brands, and acts, then we could really grow. So we also think the holding company has a huge promise. Um, and if we, if the economy continues to grow here in the United States and things continue to move forward instead of negative being positive, we have great potential for our company to have growth in our market. I actually think that uh, it, we're, we're on the verge of, of another boom, I think. I think that uh, this has been a slow recession to get out of, but I think that things are picking up. I think that we'll get a bit more confidence in the economy, and I think it when, when it takes off, I think it's really going to take off. I, I agree with you. I, I think that we're in a good place now. I think entertainment is a huge part of the world. Yeah, I think fashion is a big part of the world. I, I think even in times of recession, People still find entertainment is a place where people go to let go of their issues or problems. Um, I think fashion is extremely important because people express their style through clothing and they, they express their attitude and their story through clothing. So I believe in the two businesses, but I believe that our model has to be, which it is, our model has to be based on technology. Yep. Our model has to be based on conservative spending. Our model has to be based on consumer pricing that gives the consumer the ability to afford it. Uh, I believe, you know, our, our models are also based on quality, making sure that everything that we do is quality and creating standards where the American public and the, the global economy can see that we're quality today. People are not, people are very sophisticated about quality. Either it's something that they're drinking either this is something they're eating or something they're wearing or something they're listening to, people are very, uh, th th there's never been such a time in history where people are extremely focused on quality. Yeah, I agree with that. And a growing and, percentage of people can, uh, can afford 
good quality at good prices. Um, for all the entrepreneurs out there listening, um, that was just a very good lesson in how you build a business and and how you look at an industry to take your business to the next level. And uh, one, there's been a paradigm shift in the music industry um, from the way music's recorded through to the distribution, through to you know the way we we sell songs. And uh, as a music insider, what do you? Th- feel about the current economics of the music industry. I mean, I, I speak to some artists who say it's great. I speak to some who say it's lousy. I spoke to a Warner Brothers official who said that it really doesn't make that much difference to the record companies. What, what's your take on all of this and where we're going and how we're getting there? Well, well let's talk about where the global music industry revenues are, Bob. And, and basically, that's a really good question. Um, and I'll, I'll answer to the best of my ability, not picking a side, but really talking about where the market really stands financially. Um, the global music industry revenues in 2012 at this time were $16.5 billion, okay? Right. Yep. So you're, you're almost dealing with a $17 billion earning business, right. okay? Let's talk about digital sales are 50% of the U.S., yep. okay? And worldwide, digital is 34% of the worldwide market. Okay. okay. Yep. Uh, digital, digital sales in the music business were increased this year by twelve percent. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And um, the, the the top grossing fifty tours in the world are over three billion dollars. Yeah, I believe it. Yep. Okay. So so we're in a growing economy, and 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 what's happening, Bob, is that you you do have you have the independent label saying that. Their business is a great business. The reason is the independents don't have the big overheads that the big corporations do. Yeah. Um, so you have a lot of people who control their own independent destiny, and they're seeing profit. They're seeing profit margins of anywhere from eight percent to sometimes even thirty percent operating their own independent company. Okay? okay. Yep. Then you have the major labels, who are the Warners and Sony's. Yes. They feel. They feel stronghold and struggle, and the reason is these big companies like Warner and Sony have major burn rates, yep. and some of these companies are burning at $100 million a quarter, okay? Right. Yep. The, the amount of music a, a, a corporation has to sell to cover their profits and losses is a tremendous amount of pressure that you're putting on talent, the consumer, and the global economy because the big public companies are trying to hit their bottom lines for their investment banks and their shareholders. Yes. So if you have, a, if you ask a Warner Brothers or a Sony or Universal executive, how is the music business weathered? How's the storm in the music business? They're going to tell you we're either barely surviving or either you know we're hitting our numbers, but it's still a struggle. That's because big corporations traditionally have to put pressure on the consumer. Yeah. Um, to purchase the product. So there's there's a force through. So It's an extremely inefficient in model. It's a very inefficient model because you have so many people on payroll and you have so many things going on. You have huge corporate leases. You have huge uh, public, you know, you have huge management stockholder parachute positions. You have burn rates of people working at these companies. Some of these people are paper pushers. They're not doing much at a lot of these big companies. So at the bottom line, who's paying for it? The artist. Right. 
and and how many artists do you have to sell? How many records, records. does a major label have to sell to cover a uh, you know a four or five hundred million dollar year of spending? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. So it doesn't make sense for the majors financially. So what you see is you see a lot of these companies downsizing. Yep. You see a lot of these companies downsizing. You see a lot of these companies um, complaining. You see a lot of the stockholders selling their shares. You see a lot of the global investment banks really not putting the money into these majors because, again, their burn rates are way too high and the operational costs to run these companies don't make economic sense follow through where ROI, the return on investment, makes sense for the type of capital that they have to spend to continue to run these large corporate machines. Yeah. Now, the majority of people that listen to this show are business people and they're entrepreneurs. Um, so in, in business terms, what do you think is the most, the, the biggest key to your success? Is it is it um, your drive? Is it differentiating yourself? Is it getting into arm-to-arm combat with um, grassroots? What What's the real key to your success, do you think? I, I think my real key to my success, Bob, would be perseverance. Right. I, I believe that there is no secret sauce to success. Um, you know, you have some, you know, we all know why do most companies fail. Most companies fail as they plan poorly or they're under you have poor management, or they're undercapitalized, okay? Right. Yep. Um, there's three to four reasons usually why a company doesn't succeed, or either they're not competitive enough with their products and services. You might have a company that has a great management team that has all the money in the world and has a great product, but then the product, the price point of the product makes no, it makes no sense, and someone else enters the market and competes with them with a less product, that doesn't have the same quality, but the, the company that has less quality or the worst product makes more money than a company who has a great product. Yeah. Yep. And and that and that has no that that's knowing the consumer. So for for my success, I think what's been with me, I've had great perseverance. I've 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 been the turtle in the race, so right. less has been more for me. Yep. Um, I always I always say the guy that goes faster doesn't really finish first. So. So I've been someone who, yeah. So as Bob, so as an entrepreneur, my career, I believe my career has been a turtle in the race, but I've been able to mitigate risk. I've been able to weather the storm, and I've been able to have a speedboat mentality instead of a cruise liner. Again, I'm for big corporations. I think they're extremely important because they hire a ton of people. They offer benefits. Um, they're great for industry, they're great for the economy. But again, when you're in a failing economy where even if you're in the music business or in the fashion business and and people are not um, consuming in any business, uh, again, you know, um, the, the way I look at the music business, and because I'm in the music business and I'm an entrepreneur in the business, I look at it as, as an industry that is pretty bulletproof when it comes to young people and music listeners and music buyers. But in order for for any entrepreneur to succeed in their business, either you're in the music business, fashion business, telecom business, either you're Apple, either you're Google, either you're any company, yep. it, it, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make dollars. So yes. what I try to do with my business is I try to say, okay, 
what are we going to sell an album for? Okay, what what are tickets? What price? What are we going to price our tickets for on tour in different markets? How is the economy in that market? So if I'm touring the South, I have to say the South here in the United States. I have to say, okay, how is the economic? You know, how does the financial picture look like in the South if we're going to be touring there? What can we sell a ticket for? Right. How do we maybe we throw the CD in the ticket and or maybe throw a digital pack in there that's going to make sense? for the consumer to want to buy the album and the ticket so they get a two-for-one. But we make money because we, we, we market the album, but plus we give them a concert. So there's a lot of ways. So I, I tell entrepreneurs all the time in any business, all business is business at the end of the day. Sure. It's about profits, it's about ROI, and it's about succeeding. Yep. But, and, and, Bob, and, and that's what I try to do. I try to succeed with our staff in our business by looking looking at the storm ahead of us and saying, what shifts are we prepared to make? What things are we prepared to do? What things are we prepared not to do? And and how do we try to... No one has a crystal ball in business. Sure. So I say, how do we look at the future? We don't have a crystal ball. How do we end up profitable? Remember, all Wall Street wants or, or any credited investor wants or any business wants, you want to be able to... If you're going to spend the dollar... Hopefully you want to bring, if you spend a dollar, you want to make six cents on that dollar. Right. Okay? Now, we all want pie in the sky. You know, everybody wants a 20% return or a 30% return or sometimes even a 50% return. But what we do is at a company, we say, okay, if we're spending a million dollars, how do we cover the million dollars? How do we bring $60,000 in on top of that million dollars? Right. And it's a very low number when your person here is, well, 6% return. Yep. But a 6% to 10% return is not a bad return in a business. So what we try to focus on in our business plan is making the return. Anything else is pie in the sky, but how do we hit our return? And that's what's important. That's great advice. Juan, thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. For those of you listening, you just had a great lesson in how to do business. Forget the fact that Juan is a superstar in the music business. He's also a very, very, very smart businessman. And if we listen to that advice, that's some of the best advice we've had in a short interview uh, since this radio show's been going since 2011. Now, one, I really appreciate it. And if you want to learn more about One G, go to one-g.com. That's one, W-O-N-hyphen.com. And remember, the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, this is the place for interviews with the leaders and shakers in American business, entertainment, and sports. One, I look forward to catching up with you in the next couple of weeks, and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show in just a couple of minutes. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. 
Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore. Or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show. Coming to you this week from Sao Paulo in Brazil. A magnificent day in Sao Paulo. And uh, the weather all week, I've been here for a week, and the weather all week has been absolutely beautiful. Uh, now, this is the segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners all over the world. And it, what's incredible about it is that it doesn't matter what country um, the emails come from, whether it's from Russia or whether it's from Iran or whether it's from the United States or Australia or England. And it's exactly the same when I give my speeches. It doesn't matter where in the world you are, you get the same questions because business everywhere on the planet today has exactly the same issues. I came from a meeting this morning at, um, at a company who's been around for 70 years in Sao Paulo and uh, the questions that were raised are exactly the same questions that I would have got in Los Angeles. So... Very interesting. My first email is from Jane Munro from Rockford in Illinois. I'm not sure I know where Illinois is. I'm not sure where Rockford is. Jane writes, Dear Bob, I love your show. It seems that there is a dearth of programs on TV or radio that provide small business with practical, useful information. Yours is the best program that I've been able to find. I frequently hear about successful cause marketing campaigns, but I'm not quite sure what they are or how how I go about getting involved in this area and how it can help me sell more product. Well, Jane, thanks for that. That's a bloody good question. Uh, For those of you who may not have heard the term cause marketing or may have heard it or may not have heard it but don't quite understand what it means or you have no idea what it means, it's a much better investment in a whole lot of ways than, than say, print, electronic, digital media, radio, television or whatever. Um, I spoke last year in Paris at a cause marketing forum and the testimonials from a whole range of companies, from very large to very small, were fantastic. And I think it's because younger people in particular are getting more interested in companies that give back to society. You know, they want to be part of something that's bigger than just the business itself. So companies that give back do very well. And uh, cause marketing encompasses just about a never-ending variety of commercial activity that aligns your company or your brand with a cause to generate business, to provide benefit, to not only the cause but also to, to the community and, of course, you benefit from the association. Now, you might get involved in education, you might get involved in health, you might get involved in the environment, a whole range of things that you can get involved in. 
So course marketing is a way to encourage your customers and your vendors or your business partners to buy a specific product or service. And in the process, your business will donate a certain amount of money or a certain amount of time or some way that you will help that cause. So this is giving a benefit to you because you're getting people involved and it's also giving a benefit to the cause that you support. And it's been proven that consumers are much more likely to purchase a product or a service if they know that a portion of the proceeds are going to a cause which they feel passionately about. So consumers like to do business with companies that share their values. So they're proven parallels between companies that give resources to the community and the tremendous goodwill public relations and the increased sales that are generated. Jane, cause marketing is a $1.62 billion industry and that's up from just $120 million 20 years ago. So the growth is phenomenal. And if you believe in surveys, which sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but 83% of Americans say they want to buy products and service that support causes. And almost 50% of all consumers believe that companies should focus on issues that impact local communities. So it's all about local business helping local communities. And if you're already supporting causes that you care about with time, money, skills or donation, then cause marketing is a way that you can combine your business goals with your personal growth. So Jane, to help you decide whether a cause campaign would be right for your business, you should consider whether there's a cause that you and your employees are really passionate about. You know, getting involved with the cause also motivates your employees. It's quite remarkable. So get involved directly with a local organisation and it's amazing what can happen. I got involved with kidney health and because uh, there's a very severe kidney um, health issue globally and through my association I got uh, to be global ambassador for kidney health and we were recently able to donate several buses that are being converted to um, mobile testing units. Great for me personally, great for my business and certainly great for kidney health organisation. So Jane, there's substantial proof that cause marketing can differentiate you from your competitors and you know it can provide very tangible sales benefits. We've just um, organised to send you a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, that's my latest book and that will be off to you in the mail tomorrow. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're pleased to have been bringing you this show since 2011. It's a heap of fun bringing it to you each and every week. So um, next week I'll be back in my hometown of Los Angeles before I go to Las Vegas to see KISS, and I'm really looking forward to that. I've seen them before, but they are brilliant. So I'll be with you at the same time next week, no matter where you are in the world, to address the critical issues that affect small business everywhere. So thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, I mean really serious about being successful, this is the place that you should come every week at exactly the same time. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope you have a fantastic 
profitable week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.